itself has said, وَلَقَدْ آتِيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةِ That we granted Luqman itself has said, وَلَقَدْ آتِيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةِ That we granted Luqman hikmah and wisdom. The Qur'an Sharif is testifying to his wisdom. And his wisdom was of such a nature that some of his wisdoms the Qur'an Sharif narrated also. For all mankind till the day of Qiyamah. So a person of that nature, that caliber, is saying that out of 4,000 advices, he's saying to his son, that I selected four for you. So this will be like the crux. This will be the summary of it all. So what were these four advices? Son said, please, very well tell me, what are these? The first advice he gave him, that إِذَا كُنْتَ فِي بُيُوتِ nas فَحْفَظْ عَيْنَكْ now all these things have been explained in different ways. These are all things which are derived from the Quran and Sunnah. All these things have been derived from the Quran and Sunnah. And these are lessons that we have discussed perhaps on some occasion also. But here again it's coming in this manner that this is the advice of Luqman Salam. And he's saying, I've made this selection out of 4,000. So out of this 4,000, the first one he said was, إِذَا كُنْتَ فِي بُيُوتِ النَّاسِ فَحْفَظْ عَيْنَكَ When you are in the homes of people, then look after your gaze. When you are in the homes of people, look after your gaze. One was in that period in time, that was the standard, that was the norm that people were extremely conscious of parda, of hijab that these aspects of hijab must not get compromised in any way so now sometimes if it's a big house so the person who has gone as a guest will be in some corner one end of the house and the house people will be in some other end so there won't be any problem, any difficulty in upholding the laws of hijab, supposing it's a small little place, then there's a fear that this could get compromised. So he said to him, if you are as a guest somewhere, the house people would take their caution, but you make sure you also be cautious. So that the chance also doesn't come up of any compromise on this issue. So this was a very profound advice he gave. Because the misuse of the eye and sometimes the mistaken use of the eye also can open the door to something. And when that door gets open, Allah forbid, then it becomes a door that leads to many, many problems. So, this was the advice in that time he gave when you are in the homes of people. But now this has become a very general issue whether a person is in somebody's home, whether he's outside somebody's home, whether he's on the street, whether he's in the working place, wherever he may be, this has become the need of the time. Before this was only issue when a person went into somebody's house. Other than that, there was no issue. It wasn't existing. But now this has become the need anywhere. That a person looks after his gaze. This is the doorway to the heart. Direct doorway to the heart. 
what a person sees his heart photographs the imprint gets left on his heart and sometimes that imprint is so deep that many times people then express what difficulties they have with those imprints on the heart sometimes a person says i'm in sajda and that filth that my heart has captured as a result of what i saw comes to me when i go in sajda only okay imagine the situation what is it allah forbid allah forbid if this carries on at the time of a person's death comes and if that same imprint start then playing out in a person's heart and mind then what becomes a condition of a person at the time of mort when he's supposed to be now turning his attention entirely to allah tabarak wa taala and now these things are playing up so this is as a result of the misuse of the eye so hazrat luqman sallallahu alaihi wasallam is saying to his son as advice and as we said that he is selecting this out of 4000 out of 4000 it will have real deep meaning so the first thing he is saying is that this is the issue that when you in somebody's house look after your gaze nevertheless then he gave the second advice this first advice there's so much of detail to it some of it we have discussed on many occasions the aspect of the ayat of the qunshari the ahadith of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam the ayat where allah taala says that guard your gaze low say to the believing men to lower their gaze and protect their chastity the direct link between the two and the hadith nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that allah taala says that the evil glance the lustful glance this is a poisonous arrow of shaitan Allah Taala has given us a mind. We should use this mind positively. In the mind, we should picture this, like that very ugly, hideous figure of Shaitan is out there with that bow and arrow already, the bow already drawn, the arrow already drawn, waiting to be struck. So now this Shaitan is waiting with that arrow. and as soon as this person casts the wrong glance that arrow is let loose from that bow and is striking directly into his heart this picture must be there in the mind when the person starts getting tempted to cast the wrong glance he must also at the same time picture this that the shaitan that very ugly hideous figure is right there is already drawn and is waiting and it's a poisonous arrow one is just an arrow but the poisonous arrow is very dangerous the arrow might sometimes miss the target might not hit a f- vital organ but the poison will go away wherever it is no matter where it scrapes also the poison will permeate so the poisonous arrow of shaitan but this comes directly to the heart also so therefore this advice which prophet sallallahu alaihi gives to his son then the second advice he gives وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِي مَجَالِسِ النَّاسِ فَاحْفَظْ لِسَانَكَ When you are in the gatherings of people then protect your tongue When you are in the homes of people protect your eye and the gatherings of people protect your tongue It somehow happens that when a person is in company then sometimes the tongue becomes very loose the brake linings all fail at it 
and the brake fluid all dries up and even the brake pads and the whatever else everything gets all worn out now the person starts and in that the ghibat starts then the sometimes bohtan will come away slandering people will come away then now everybody is talking in the gathering somebody is saying he went here and this is what happened what he saw and somebody is saying he went there and so now everybody went somewhere so I can't be sitting like a dumb fellow that I went nowhere I've seen nothing so I got to say something also so I will say well you see you went to the haramain I went to the three harams so fine no harm in saying it if I want to share some experience with somebody but what has motivated it at this moment to say something to share experience to narrate something that has been witnessed somewhere or whatever that's fine it's all in its place but the underlying factor is the very crucial issue what has motivated that statement now that very famous example which our Hazrat Wala Dhamm Barakatum keeps giving that this person was a mehman which we mentioned previously also and now while the mehman is sitting there and eating so the host he called to the khadim that bring that jug fill that jug with water and bring it that jug which I brought from my second hajj now why he had to say that second hajj he's trying to impress this person now that I'm a double haji so the motivating factor was the double haji that must become known to this person so that says in that one statement he washed away two hajj with that one jug of water he washed away two hajj because the motivating factor to say that I went for hajj alhamdulillah the person is tahdith bin ni'mah he's narrating something that Allah Ta'ala blessed him with a favor and to encourage maybe the next person also that alhamdulillah hajj went very easily you have to also get ready all that's in his place but the motivating factor was to impress the next person so in that one statement he washed away two hajj so now in that gathering somehow these kind of things all start everybody is saying something I got to say something too I can't remain quiet then all the other various sins of the tongue so many things person then starts sometimes in vulgar talk obscene talk and then sometimes when he's with people everybody is saying something or the other he starts owning out his innermost secrets also because in the gathering now he's, everything is free fall and now after he's opened out his innermost secrets, the thing is a mountain on his head. I hope this person doesn't tell anybody. So now in order to make sure he doesn't tell anybody, then he adds that, please don't tell anyone. So that's now, illa mashallah, unless that person has the fear of Allah Ta'ala, that is now guaranteed that he will move on. The common story, if a person wants something to spread like wildfire, he should say it to somebody and tell him, please don't tell anyone. And then that person will say to the next person, say, please don't tell anyone. In short time, everybody will be saying it to everyone and telling them, please don't tell anyone. So now, the person in that gathering now starts saying things which he later regrets that, why did I have to say this? And it's perhaps Rukmahi's statement, his advice or somebody else he said to him, he said to somebody, the advice he gave, that beware of your enemy once, 
and beware of a friend a thousand times. Beware of your enemy once and beware of your friend a thousand times. Now, outwardly it sounds very strange. What is he saying? Why should you beware of your friend? He's your friend. And your enemy is your enemy. Perhaps it should be the other way around. There's an enemy everybody treats as an enemy. And therefore, he knows his limits. What he should be, he won't... He sees the enemy coming from a mile and he is taking another turn. So automatically he gets safeguarded from the harm of the enemy. But with the friend, so the friend is a friend, Alhamdulillah, that's a na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. Allah forbid how many times it happens that something gets sour in between. Something turns sour. Now when the friendship was very good, the person opened out his last secret. Now when things turn sour, Allah forbid each one is now trying to get back at the other. So that last secret that he had exposed, that now becomes a thorn sticking in his throat now. He can't even swallow it, he can't take it out. As in Urdu they say, na ugal ne bane, na nigal ne bane. He can't spit it out, he can't swallow it, it's stuck there. And it's excruciating pain, but it's there. Now he can't sleep, he can't conduct himself, what if this person now says it somewhere? So in the gatherings of people he says, look after your tongue. Because the tongue becomes very loose in the gathering. Person then only thinks about what I said afterwards. So the first thing he said again was, that in the homes of people protect your sides. And in the gatherings of people protect your tongue. Then the third thing he said, وَإِذَا كُنْتَ عَلَى الْمَاءِدَى فَحْفَزْ بَطَنَكْ And when you are at the Dastar Khan, then look after your stomach. In the homes look after your eyes, in the gatherings look after your tongue, on the dasarkhan look after your stomach. In other words, eat what is your need. Don't eat to the extent you can see. Because the eyes will never get full. Eyes of a person will never get full. But his stomach is very limited. And when a person eats more than his need, then that harms a person physically and spiritually. There's physical harm also, there's spiritual harm as well. The Hadith Abhi Islam says, that ma mala'a adamiyun wi'a'an sharram min batni. A person hasn't filled any vessel worse than filling up the belly. The worst vessel to fill is the belly. And he fills it to the brim. Now, He's having problem breathing also. He can't even walk properly. As a result now, he's harmed his physical health and he's harmed himself spiritually also. This creates spiritual lethargy as well. Overeating. So both these things are affected. Then when a person is not careful about his stomach, meaning looking after his stomach, he's only conscious about his tongue, about taste nice. Then when he becomes a slave of the taste, then he won't be careful about what goes into the belly. Whether it is halal, whether it is doubtful, what is the position? The taste must be there. The taste is right, that's enough. Then the rest of it is secondary. Whereas, what goes into the stomach is going to affect everything. It will affect the heart because this creates the blood. The blood will move every vessel of the body. And the blood that is nourished by haram will obviously create haram thoughts. 
one great uzrug of his time he says that in that time in Daun Deoban there was one person who was a very poor person very poor person in Deoban, living in Deoban he used to actually cut grass and come and sell that grass people used to use it for whatever their needs are so what does a person earn with that? hardly anything barely can make ends meet in the sense of even the very bare necessities bread and water must be carrying on but from that meager earnings of his, he would save like for example maybe a cent a day or even less than that. And he would gather all that for the whole year. Now after one year has passed, one one cent he's saving every now and then, one one cent. After the whole year has passed, there's just a little bit that has been collected. And with that small amount of money, he's took one very simple, very basic dawat he used to give to all the ustads of Daum Deoban. Obviously that so many ustads, so he's inviting so many people, so he has to cook to that quantity. So to that quantity will be something very, very basic. So it can be cooked to that quantity because he's got so little to spend for it. So he says that this dawat after having attended this dawat with this very simple, basic meal, says that noor of that dawat we used to experience for 40 days. And he says all year round we used to wait for that dawat. The simple person with that simple food, nothing out of the ordinary, in fact nothing luxurious at all, the most basic of meals, he says we all used to wait for it all year round. And then on the other side, it was perhaps his incident with somebody, one day he went for a dawah somewhere. Somebody had invited him. And just at the time when he had barely put one morsel into his mouth and put something, and somehow, somewhere he got a doubt in the whole thing. And then he asked the person about some whatever issue it was. That person said, yes, this is my position. So he went away. Woke up and went away. That person confessed. And he came and he spewed everything out. But he says for one month, time again this waswasa used to come, do this haram, do that haram. Alhamdulillah, Allah saved me, I didn't do anything. But time and again this waswasa would keep coming. Do this, do that, do this, do that. As a result of that consumption of haram. By mistake. And though it was expelled after that immediately. But Alhamdulillah, they are on that level, that caliber. But this is the position when a person is not careful about what goes in. So when a person is not careful about what goes in, all these things become the end results. So Dukmai Salaam gave that same advice too. Though he gave it in a specific context, but expanding on that, all this becomes applicable as well. That when you are on the Maida, on the Dastarkhan, then be, look after your stomach, then eat to the extent of your need then eat to the extent that is going to be beneficial. Not to the extent that you will be harming yourself physically also, harming yourself spiritually as well. So, the person should not just become the slave of taste. Something tastes somewhere good, that's it. You've got to have it. And with the eating out trend, people become very, very lax in this. Anywhere and everywhere becomes fine. So This is something we have to be very careful about. Then the fourth advice he gave him. 
The first advice was, when you are in the homes of people, look after your eyes. In the gatherings of people, look after your tongue. On the dastarkhan, look after your stomach. And the fourth advice he gave, وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ فَاحْفَظْ قَلْبَكَ When you are in salah, look after your heart. When you are in salah, then now the heart should be devoted to Allah Ta'ala. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ The believers are successful. Which believers? The first quality Allah Ta'ala speaks about, that those who in the salah are khashi'oon, they have khushu'u, they have this concentration, devotion in their salah. Now many a person becomes very, very perturbed. Sometimes people become very concerned that my mind sometimes drifts. So there are two things. One is a thought, straight thought coming into the mind. That came and that went. That's a straight thought which just came and went. The person has no control over that. He's not responsible for it. So one is something coming. That is not his in his control and he's not answerable for that. And the other thing is to bring something. One is it came. The other is he brought it. To bring the thought that he's answerable for. The thought that came, it came. It came, don't entertain it. It came, let it go. It came, let it go as quickly as it came. And if a person got distracted in that thought for a moment, he didn't even realize he was in salah, as soon as he realized it, bring the mind immediately again and carry on. What we are responsible for, we should do, in terms of bringing that concentration is salah, whatever we are responsible for from beginning to end we do. Among that is right at the beginning to perform the wuzu correctly with all the adabs, the ethics, the sunnats, this affects the concentration in salah. To extend that, a person doesn't use more water than necessary. Because israf in wuzu affects the concentration in salah. Then, after having performed the wuzu correctly, he performs the salah with its etiquettes and keeping in mind, consciously performing the sunnats of salah. He's raising his hands for takbir at tahrima is conscious now. I got my hands facing the qibla. My fingers are spaced out in the way it's supposed to be. It's not closed up. It's not spread apart. It's in the normal manner. That's the sunnah of takbir tahrima. So I brought it till in line with my ears. Now he's conscious of it. He's not now necessarily counting each thing. But he's consciously fulfilling the sunnats. That will already bring the concentration. So now he's consciously fulfilling the sunnats. And then he is not making any unnecessary movement in salah. Physical movement. I scratching unnecessarily, playing with his beard, maybe turning his buttons. And Barakatum says that sometimes it happens that he noticed one person one day that while in namaz, he was gone mining. So he brought out some diamond, he was probably inspecting the how many carrots it was. So he was trying to maybe evaluate it. So whatever the point is, the thing is a person gets, when this becomes... The person is not conscious to try and stay completely at ease in salah without any unnecessary movement. The person sometimes get, gets carried away in those actions he's not even conscious of. He's not even realizing what is he doing. Therefore, what the ulama state, the fuqaha state, that even outside salah, even outside salah, 
a person shouldn't become habitual with certain types of actions which are not necessary. For example, somebody, it is his habit outside Salah now, that is forever playing with his beard. Now in Namaz, that same habit takes over and he's not even realizing it. A person has the habit of maybe moving his hands in a certain way all the time, just without any need. Or he, while he's standing, he's making certain movements. Now without any need, he's doing this outside Salah. In Salah, he starts doing it without being conscious of it. He's not even realizing what he's doing. So now he's totally at ease in the postures of Salah. He's not making any unnecessary movement. So physically, he's not making any unnecessary movement. He's fulfilled all the etiquettes, the adab. Inshallah, his heart too will stop moving around. His heart too will now start getting focused in the Salah. So this was the fourth advice he gave. That وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِي الصَّلَاحِ فَاحْفَزْ قَلْبَكِ In Salah, I'll protect your heart. So these are advices, he said, I'm selecting out of 4,000. And if a person considers, that when the last advice, that is pertaining to all the ibadat, all the ibadat comes under Salah. Salah is the head of it all. Then he spoke about the aspect about the body, Looking after the stomach, this too is a haq of a person on himself. So all the hukukul ibad came with it. Look after the tongue and look after the eyes. All the muasharat came in there and the akhlaq. So all the parts of deen somehow got linked up. So basically this became the crux of the whole deen. But then on top of that he said, I'm telling you two more things. I initially he said, I'm giving you four advices. Somebody will say, but he said four now, you're giving two more. So somebody says, I'll give you 4,000 rands. And then after he says, okay, take two more. And nobody objects. And if he raise the stakes, he says, oh, someone will give you four million, but no man, take two more. So what can you say then? So this too is a way of creating further enthusiasm. It's a way of creating further enthusiasm. He said, take two more now. Two more things. One is, two things you should never remember. And two things you should never forget. So these two things also are further categorized. Two things you should never remember. And two things never forget. Never remember two things. Don't ever remember your favors upon people. Don't ever remember your favors upon people. You did something, forget about it. You gave somebody something, forget about it. And to remind a person of that favor destroys the reward of that favor. To give somebody something as an ihsan, that's mustahab, it's preferable, it's an act of reward. To remind the person on top of that is sin. So it is better not to give the person then. If you're going to remind him later, rather don't give it to him. You're going to keep bringing it up every now and then. Rather, not, don't even do the good deed to start off with. So you don't get the sin later. So the first thing he said, and the way to clear the mind of this, that if something, Allah Ta'ala gave us tawfiq, we shared something with somebody, we did a favor to someone, then regard it as that person's amanat that was with you. You were the trustee of it. And you were not even aware that this was in trust with you. Alhamdulillah, the person came in from the door and said, please, 
my amanat is with you, please pass it on. So I merely passed on his amanat. So if I passed on somebody's amanat, should I be feeling that I did any favor to him? Because the giver is Allah Ta'ala. That Allah who gave us is now giving him via us. But it came from Allah Ta'ala. And if Allah Ta'ala wished, he could have used somebody else to give it via him. But Allah Ta'ala decided to do us that favor. To use us to do that good to somebody else. So we were merely the kundiyat. We were merely the middleman, the postman passing on the parcel. The parcel came from Allah Ta'ala. That is why he said when somebody eats gabrana mat koi kisi mehman par khata hai apni rizq tere dastarkhan par. That when some mehman come, don't think you did him any favor, don't even get worried now. This mehman came, where I'm going to feed him from. Gabrana mat kabi kisi mehman par. O khata hai apni rizq tere dastarkhan par. He's eating his own rizq on your dastarkhan. You're not feeding him anything. What was already decreed for him, but Allah Ta'ala made it such that Allah Ta'ala passed on part of the sawab to you. I'll pass it to him via you. So like that, if you did a favor to somebody, fear about it, because it was merely an amanat. You passed it on to him. It was his, not yours. So Luqman Salatu gave his son this first advice. And the second thing, don't ever remember the ill treatment of others to you. Don't remember your favors to people. Don't ever remember people's ill treatment to you. A person who can live this lives a very peaceful life. He lives a very light life. His shoulders are very light. He doesn't carry mountains on him. That baggage of everybody's... Everybody else who behaved wrongly, he's carrying the baggage on his head. This person did this, that person did that, the fourth one and the fifth one and the twentieth one. All of them are carrying on with life and he's carrying all the baggage. So when a person lives his life in this way, life becomes very easy to live. Becomes very light. He said two things don't ever forget, remember. Don't remember your favors to people. Don't remember people's ill treatment to you. And two things don't ever forget. Don't ever forget your Rabb. Don't forget Allah Ta'ala. And don't ever forget death. Person who remembers Allah Ta'ala will live his life in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. And the person who remembers death will stay away from sin. Because he realizes death could come at any moment. In the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, he'll stay on the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. And in the remembrance of death, he'll stay away from sin. Hazrat Muhammad Zulfiqar Sahib, Daun Barakatum, will finish off on this incident. Mentioned one incident, which is very, which an eye-opener about how death can come at any time. And what death comes and exposes them. Says in Pakistan, when the earthquake took place, just at that time, some people were traveling in a bus. And somebody just boarded and they suddenly saw a snake. So they shouted snake. Now in the bus, now what are you going to find to kill the snake or whatever? So somehow somebody picked that snake up in a, like a quick flash. He just picked it up by the tail and he threw it, flung it out of the window. It's a moving bus on a highway and they threw it out of the window. Mentioned this incident. When this snake was thrown out of the window, his life still it went and landed on a person who was riding a motorbike. And now it fell on him. As soon as it landed on him and fell on him, it bit him. 
So that person got bitten. Perhaps he might have just went a little while and fell off the motorbike, even dropped dead. So in any case, the police came, whatever. So this person on his motorbike had some briefcase or some kind of bag or whatever it might have been. So now when they opened that, see a lot of fingers, hands. This was as a result of the earthquake people who got trapped under the rubble and had passed away. This fellow had gone and cut the fingers and hands of those women who had those rings and bangles because he couldn't remove those rings and bangles and he had put it all into this bag and was going with it. And death came at that moment where this evidence was on him still. So he says that don't ever forget your Rabb, don't ever forget death. Person who remembers Allah Ta'ala will stay in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Person who remembers death will stay away from sin. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala keep us on iman. Take us on iman. And raise us on the qiyabat of iman. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillah. لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم ہو جائے میرا دل لکھ میدان ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل 
दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल नफ्सो शैता दोनों ने मिलकर हाई किया है मुझको तबा ए मेरे मौला मेरी मदद कर चाहता हूँ मैं तेरी पना मुझसा खलक में कोई नहीं गो पद किरदार नामासिया तू भी मगर गफ्फार है यारब बख्श दे मेरे सारे गुनाह अब तो रहे बस तादम आखिर विरद जबाए मेरे इला ला موسیقی 
ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آجا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے ساری بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہم لکا الحمد کلہ و لکا شکر کلہ اللہم لا نحسی ثنان علیک انت کما اثنیت علی نفسک جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہله ربنا غلمنا انفسنا و علم تخفل لنا و ترحمنا لنکونن من الخاسرین اللہم ثبتنا على الایمان و امتنا على الایمان وحشرنا یوم القیامت مع الایمان الہو العالمین یا اللہ ہم برے گنہگار ہیں خطاکار ہیں مجرم ہیں الہو العالمین یا اللہ ہمارے تمام گناہوں کو معاف فرما تمام سیئات کو درگزر فرما الہو العالمین یا اللہ فقیب آل او میجہ انمائنہ سنز یا اللہ یا اللہ فقیب آل دی آلہ دی سنز that we have done knowingly the ones sins we have done یا اللہ mistakenly الہو العالمین whatever we have done in the darkness of night in the light of the day یا اللہ الہو العالمین یا اللہ we are ashamed of whatever we have done یا اللہ Ya Allah, we are sincerely begging for your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Bring the, Ya Allah, conditions of peace and happiness, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, remove all the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Guide the ummah to the straight path, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, save us from all the haram, Ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna, Ya Allah. Save us from all the vices, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Grant us your love, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, enable us to live in your obedience, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Grant us the tawfiq of, Ya Allah. Obeying you every moment and every breath of our life, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Save us from all the sins of eyes, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the ears, Ya Allah. From the sins of the tongue, Ya Allah. Enable us to look after our stomachs, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Enable us to look after every single limb you have given us, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, protect our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Enable us to live according to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahu al-alamin, put the hatred of the ways of the Yehud and Nasara in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have any kind of difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah, remove their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Whatever anxieties and worries people have, Ya Allah, remove their anxieties with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, whatever everybody's needs are, Ya Allah, with afiyat, grant each one their halal needs, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, you fulfill all the pious aspirations and desires, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah, all those who have passed away from the covers with noor, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the highest stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Especially our parents who are, Ya Allah, have passed away, Ya Allah. Fill their covers with noor, Ya Allah. Grant them the highest stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, wa asatiza, wa mashayikh, Ya Allah, all the ulamai kiram, etc. Ya Allah, all those who have, Ya Allah, served deen in any way, Ya Allah, and have passed deen on to us, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, forgive them, Ya Allah. Fill their qabars with nuhur, Ya Allah. Give them the highest stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, at the time of our death, Ya Allah, grant us death on iman, Ya Allah. Grant us death on kamil iman, Ya Allah. Grant us death on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. 
grant us death at the time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alamin, grant us Jannah to those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those that have raised their hands, Ya Allah, you fulfill every need of each one, Ya Allah. Out of your khazana, Ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have asked us to make dua for them, fulfill all their needs, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. اللهم نسألك من خير ما سألك من هديك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه جمعين سبحان ر